Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. Right before the end of the year, the University of California reached a landmark agreement with graduate student teaching assistants and researchers, ending the largest strike of its kind in the country. I mean, yes, it is not everything that we wanted. It is nowhere near close to what we deserve. I think it's objectively a very great contract. I'm very excited for it. How significant is this agreement? And what does it mean for students and other colleges outside of the University of California? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stavely. Emily Weintraut is in her second year studying for a PhD in food science at UC Davis. I work in our brewing lab. Um, I'm looking at kind of like health compounds from hops in beers. Um, So mainly like beer and kombucha is what I personally study. Like most other graduate students, Emily is also a teaching assistant and a graduate student researcher. Graduate students aren't supposed to work for more than 20 hours a week, so they can spend the other time on their studies. Emily says in reality, most people are working much more than 20 hours. But regardless of hours actually worked, the pay is the same. Last year, Emily says, TAs made a monthly salary of $2,582 per month pre-tax. That's like just enough to live off of. And so you're not really saving money. According to some research, the majority of UC graduate student workers pay more than a third of their salary on housing per month. And many pay more than half. Making things even harder, many graduate student workers are only paid for the nine months of the school year. So over the summer, things get extra tough. So I didn't have money over the summer coming in. So then over the summer, I had to work two extra jobs. The university pays students monthly, and the first payment of the school year is usually November 1st, more than a month after they start working. They have this cute term, they like to call it broke-tober. So like for me, because I'm not saving anything, I had to continue to work my two other part-time jobs while also being full-time for grad student researcher and a TA. So it decreased the quality of the work that I was putting in because I wasn't sleeping as much because I had to work two other jobs just to stay afloat financially. Emily's salary barely allowed her to get by, but she knows other students and postdoctoral scholars struggled even more, especially if they had kids. I mean, it's impossible. Like, I am one person. I'm paying for one person's expenses, and I'm barely staying afloat. And then to have kids on top of that, there's so many other expenses. I mean, we saw people who had to go part-time because they could not afford childcare. So then they had to be there for their children, but then they still had to work, and they were barely scraping by. Last spring, the union representing Emily and other student teaching assistants, researchers, and postdoctoral scholars, United Auto Workers, began negotiating new contracts with the University of California. The University of California officials said throughout these negotiations, they were listening to the priorities of the student workers union with, quote, an open mind and a genuine willingness to compromise. A university spokesman told EdSource their wage proposals were on par with those of highly selective private universities like Harvard, MIT, and the University of Southern California. But the teaching assistants and researchers didn't think these proposals were enough. In the fall, they voted to strike. Emily says at that time, she couldn't imagine going on strike for more than a few days. I didn't think we would have to strike. I We got such huge turnout at our rallies in October. 
the amount of people who voted, we got over, I think, 35, 36,000 people UC wide to vote to go on strike. And I personally thought, like, they can't afford to have 35,000 people out on strike. Like, that's ridiculous. And then strike day one happened. A system-wide strike. In fact, the largest academic strike in U.S. history. I was like, okay, we're gonna go and have two days of strike and we're gonna have a great contract. And then week one ended of the strike. And I was like, okay, maybe something will happen. Week two, week three, (laughs) week four. The strike ended up lasting six weeks. Some of the issues that a UC spokesman said the university disagreed with the union about were tying wages and pay increases to housing costs and paying tuition for non-resident international students. The university and the union ended up having to go into mediation to come to an agreement. That agreement? Historic. Under the new contract, starting salaries for teaching assistants will increase from $23,000 a year to $34,000 a year, with an additional $2,500 at campuses with an especially high cost of living, UC Berkeley, UC San Francisco, and UCLA. And there are other benefits, too. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. This week, the UC strike and what it means for other colleges. My colleague Michael Burke covered the strike for EdSource and joins me now. Hi, Michael. Hi, Zadie. What made this particular strike different from previous strikes? So I think what made this strike really historic was just the the size of it. There was a total of 48,000 striking workers in the beginning. So that included not just the teaching assistants, but also academic researchers, student researchers, postdocs at, at the UC. And yeah, I believe it was the largest strike actually in the history of, of higher education. So just in that sense, it was really historic. Um, I would say that that sort of separated it from really any strike ever. And I know you went out and, and interviewed students about, about the strike and how it was affecting them. You know, what did you find in terms of like, what, what was their reaction from, from students? Sure. I think there were different reactions that definitely had a big impact on a lot of students. You know, a lot of professors withheld their grades uh, in the fall term, you know, while the strike was ongoing. Some, you know, I think all of them out of, you know, solidarity with the strike, but then also, you know, they just literally couldn't grade because the academic workers, the, the graduate students are responsible for so much grading and teaching that it was almost impossible for those grades to happen. So in that sense, it did have a really direct impact on students. And, you know, there were some who I think maybe were a little annoyed by it, but a lot of students that I talked to were really in support of the strikers, really felt that, you know, what they were asking for was reasonable. Um, you know, a lot of these students, obviously, they, they live here too, so they understand the, you know, the cost of living in California and a lot of these schools, the really high cost of living areas of California. And, you know, they see these teaching assistants every day. So they, I think they kind of understood their, their role in the university and had a lot of sympathy for, you know, what they were asking for. Yeah. What you, what you said about, you know, about the grading, even if they had wanted to, many professors couldn't actually grade their courses, especially in these big courses. Right. Um, because they really rely on student instructors. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And that was one of the big sort of arguments or, or reasons behind the strike is, you know, they, they, they felt like they were really the backbone of the university. They do a lot of the teaching, a lot of the, to your point, the grading. And yeah, I think that that was sort of um, really one of the themes of the strike is they felt like they're not necessarily um, compensated in line with their importance to the university. They, they didn't feel like their compensation matched up with that. I think it was just a reminder of the importance of the graduate workers and, you know, the teaching assistants in particular, and just, you know, seeing how disrupted the the university was without them, just how they basically couldn't function. I think that was probably the biggest thing that kind of stuck out seeing that. So, Michael, the University of California finally came to an agreement with the strikers in December. Um, What are the big highlights from this agreement? Sure. So there were wage gains. They'll be getting increased wages this year. Um, It kind of happens over time. Um, And then also more child care supports, protections against bullying and harassment, which was something that they advocated for, and also health care, including if you have dependents. I think those were sort of among the, the big highlights. Is there anything that the student researchers and the, and the instructors and all the other people on strike were asking for that they didn't get? Well, there was actually a lot of strikers who voted against the deal. You know, it wasn't exactly a smooth vote for the unit that represented the teaching assistants and also graders, readers, tutors. Their vote on the contract, um, and that's, that was the biggest unit, was about 11,000 to 7,000. And so, you know, almost more than half as many workers who voted for it voted against it. So definitely a significant portion. Um, and I think the biggest reason was that the those who were against it really felt like they had some leverage and could have won more. Um, you know, one thing that I believe was dropped was some of their demands around accessibility. They also felt that the increases um, related to childcare weren't enough and that some of the healthcare benefits could have been better um, and that the pay, you know, while you know, better than it was in the past also, you know, isn't necessarily enough in the eyes of, of some of the strikers just because of the high cost of living. So, yeah, it was from the bargaining teams. And then, you know, once they actually went to the rank and file votes, you know, it was a pretty um, obviously not exactly split them. There was a majority that supported it, but there were you know a lot of members who, who voted against it. Emily Weintraut was very excited when she heard about the contract. I mean, yes, it is not everything that we wanted. It is nowhere near close to what we deserve, especially what we've seen from this strike. We are integral to the functioning of this university, and we deserve to be more than 3% of their budget, which is all that we were asking total um, with four different bargaining units. But overall, I think it's objectively a very great contract. I'm very excited for it. Um, I think something that is huge to think about is that grad student researchers, this is their first ever contract. We did not have a contract before. We did not have anti-bullying and harassment protections. We now have amazing ones. And like I know people who have had to go through the HR process of things prior to the contract, and it takes months to years to get harassment addressed. And if someone is in that situation, it's horrible. Our current contract is going to make it so that it's probably addressed within a month, which is huge. And the biggest deal for her. 
I know financially um, it's going to make a huge difference for me. Um, I'm seeing a couple hundred dollars extra every single month starting in April and then like $700 to $1,000 more starting in October, depending on my job title. So I'm extremely excited about that. I mean, that's going to make a world of difference. That's close to covering my current rent right now. I think that we got an amazing contract. It really is transformative change. So Michael, this was a long strike. Six weeks is a huge interruption for the university, especially for those on a quarter system, which is most of them. So can you help us understand where the university was coming from? Like what were some of the sticking points for the university? Well, I think that they were a little resistant on some of the, the asks around wages, especially tying it to, to the cost of living and housing. And I think that's just because of the, the high cost of living in California. And, and their sort of argument the whole time was that their proposal would have made the graduate workers, the academic workers, the you know the highest paid academic workers in, in the country. And of course, the, the argument against that was that it was still not necessarily enough again giving given the the cost of living here in uh, California especially in you know the places where a lot of these campuses are located you know San Diego Santa Cruz LA Berkeley you know really high cost of living areas before they actually came to the agreement and and before they had you know engaged a, a third party mediator the, the university's line was basically that they 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 felt that they had offered you know pretty generous proposals to the union and their workers you know salary increases that in UC's mind were, again, pretty generous. I think they had said that they were offering raises between 12 and 48% to the striking workers. And yeah, so I feel I think they just felt like their, their offer was fair. Um, and they just were sort of at a gridlock. What about when they did finally come to an agreement? What did the university say then? When they came to the agreement, they, they, they pretty much celebrated it, um, emphasizing that with this latest contract, according to UC, that the, the workers will be you know, among the best supported and highest paid um, academic workers in public higher education in the country, really highlighting the the increased benefits and pay and sort of, you know, saying that that demonstrated the, the university's commitment to those workers. So, Michael, I mean, this is actually not just something that is just happening at UC. We've talked about, you know, poor pay or low pay for adjuncts in the community college system. And we've talked about, you know, working conditions and, and, and low pay for um, student workers in the CSU system. And, you know, but this actually seems like it's something that's happening nationwide with like a kind of a reliance on students or kind of temporary workers, lecturers in academia sort of nationwide. Yeah, that's def- I think that's definitely the case. I think you know, increasingly, they, there is a bigger reliance on lecturers and academic workers, you know, fewer tenure track faculty. That's something I've, I've definitely heard. And, you know, it's possible that this could inspire more strikes across the country. I guess we'll have to wait and, and see. But I think, you know, the whole country in terms of the higher education world of the country had its eyes on, on UC during this latest strike. And I think there could definitely be some further fallout. Our colleague, Ashley A. Smith, recently wrote an article about how California State University will start bargaining with their academic student employees and other staff unions this spring. And she says if negotiations don't go well, some workers have already expressed that they're not afraid to follow in UC workers' footsteps. You know, this is the same situation over in Cal State where you have um, graduate assistants, teaching assistants, people who are responsible for grading. There are some graduate assistants in the Cal State system that 
teach full courses. You know, they they teach entry level classes just like a professor would. Um, and they they don't see tuition waivers. They um, they don't get paid much. They don't have health care benefits. Um, and so they are going to be negotiating for um, for more pay. Um, they're going to be negotiating for things like parental leave um, for better health care. You know, it, could we see another strike again um, this year? It's possible. It really is possible. And just where the money is going to come from, that's, I guess that's the, big, that's the big question. Ashley says a strike at CSU might be smaller than at UC because the numbers of student academic employees at CSU are far fewer. And Cal State only offers a few doctoral programs. But Ashley says CSU graduate assistants and instructional student aides still often teach courses. They participate in research and they also do a lot of grading. In a statement, a representative from the CSU Chancellor's Office said, quote, The CSU deeply values its employees and is committed to ensuring competitive wages, benefits, and rewarding careers, end quote. And they said they, quote, look forward to meeting with UAW's representatives and hope to have meaningful discussions at the bargaining table. Emily Weintraut says during the UC strike, she was moved by the amount of support the strikers received. I have friends who are in undergrad and just seeing their struggles, that was super difficult. But what really helped keep us together was knowing our cause and the support that we got more than anything. I mean, almost every day we had different groups coming out to our picket line to support us. We got support from people on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter and everything, all these People, we talked to um, Amazon workers who were unionizing. Um, we talked to healthcare workers, teachers, and all of these things. And I mean, for me, something that really hit home, um, we were marching on the University of California Office of the President in Oakland. And there were um, some teachers that spoke while we were there. And that was something I think a lot of us got emotional is just seeing the community support. I mean, everywhere we went, there was support from people. And when I was flying home for the holidays, the people in the seats in front of me were talking about the strike. Emily believes the strike at UC could set an example for other universities around the country. We saw so much support while we were out on the picket line from other universities. I know um, we had seen that the new school was supporting us, Penn State, tons of other schools. There were sympathy strikes going on, all these other things. And while we were still on strike, because we were on strike for six weeks, we did see other places file their union cards. Um, And we saw places get stronger and we're seeing it throughout academia. We're seeing this push Um, I'm really hoping that this will inspire people to stand up um, for what they deserve. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. You can find our stories on the strike at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guests, Emily Weintraut, Michael Burke, and Ashley A. Smith. Our CEO is Anne Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Kresge Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join me next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. <laughs>